The final Furlong podcast is sponsored by Unibet. Sign up now using code ATR-30 to get your welcome offer. BeGambleAware.org. 18 plus. The final Furlong podcast is brought to you in association with AtTheRaces.com, the ultimate resource for racing fans. Welcome along to the final Furlong podcast and our weekend preview as we focus on Air and Newbury on Saturday. I'm Emma Kennedy, joined by At The Races Pundit and my good friend, Mr. Kevin Blake. Hello! And it's my good friend, Mr. Rory DeLarghi. Hello, hello as well. To, that was a very unenthusiastic hello there, Rory. <laughs> I, I forgot my words, I'm sorry. <laughs> and I, I knew it was hello, but then I got confused. That's a good start. <laughs> That's a fantastic... This bodes well for the podcast. So, Rory, the Air Gold Cup. <laughs> <laughs> uh, by the way... What is, is that this week? <laughs> oh my god oh no so I, I should point out for those of you who may have missed the last time Rory and Kevin were on together normally they take each other on but they agreed on almost everything so we'll see if that pattern continues or if there's fisticuffs in this podcast along the way we will start with George Bowen Day 350 <laughs> live on ITV4 it's the Air Gold Cup, and the mighty George Bowen is into 20 to 1 from 25s. Sebastian Woods is back on board. He was deemed a very unlucky loser at Goodwood. Uh, certain, I think it was Timeform, were suggesting that he could and probably should have won. Kevin Blake, you bred him. You've had the faith in him all along. This is his moment. Or is it going to be all about the horse? that you caused a massive gamble on because you broke the news that the horse had finished second in the Group 1 at the Curra on Sunday, Son of Rest, would be going for the Air Gold Cup and his price plummeted from 25s down to 9-2. to two. He's now best odds 11-2. to two. Um, Sure, we'll start off with Georgie. Sure, why not? Um, look, better than ever. Gone up twenty pounds in his last six starts. Um, but 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 um all of those six starts have come on good or better ground, and I would just be very concerned about what I suspect looking at the weather forecast is going to be heavy ground here. Um he has bits and pieces of form on that type of surface, just bits and pieces that would give you a glimmer of hope, but that's all it would be, to be honest. I'd be very concerned about the ground. He's a good moving horse. He bounces off fast ground. Um, you know, off near enough top weight here. I think it's just too much of an ask for him. But we'll give him a roar. I like where he's drawn. Um, the race should pan out nicely for him, but I just think he'll struggle on the ground. Would be the happiest man in air to be wrong. But that's the way I, I feel um, that, it could pan out for him. That is a good enough reason to watch ITV alone, just to see Kevin's reaction when George Bowen bolts up and gets the job done. And then you get to interview... <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> and then you get to interview Richard Fahey afterwards as well. But you'll probably just be a little bit like that time you had the Royal Hunt Cup winner at Royal Ascot and the ITV camera went on you. They were, they were coming back to us. There was no sign of Kevin because you were off celebrating with David Murnan. <laughs> Uh, so it, it may very well be a little bit like that. You mentioned the draw, Kevin. Um, I think I saw Simon Rowlands and Hugh Taylor talking about this on Twitter today, that there's not really too much of a bias. But you were saying that you like where he's drawn. He's drawn low. 
Can you explain why you yeah. like that? Look, I, I didn't see Hugh's analysis. I saw Simon's. Simon's Simon ran his analysis based on uh, previous Serial Cups. And um, his methodology is grand in terms of percentage of rivals beaten, but I would look at it a slightly different way. I looked at it um, in terms of six furlong handicaps at air on softer, heavy ground. So I just felt it would be a little bit more um, relevant to what is, is they're likely to face here on Saturday. And my analysis suggested that kind of low to middle is where you'd rather be. But bearing all that in mind. Um, Rory, can you tell me, because I was trying to find this out today, Where did whereabouts on this track did they do the drainage work after last year? Was that on a straight track or a round track, or where was it? Um, that was in the round track, I think. Okay, um, okay. So that's okay. They've had issues before the turn into the straight at, at various times in the past, and I, I got the... Well, the, the issue we had, obviously, last year is we never, we never got to see what the problem was because they abandoned the meeting. And beforehand, yeah. but they had these, you know, they had problems um, for a fair while before that um, that okay. were rumbling on. So, I, but it was it wasn't a straight track. I'm 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 almost certain of that. No, grand. No, just considering the possibility that some drainage works may influence may have influenced things since we last saw the Air Girl Cup at here, but um, that doesn't seem to be the case. So, look, based on those numbers that I that I've seen um, on the type of surface that's going to prevail on Saturday. Um, I'd rather be low to middle. Um, but look, as much as anything, though, people can get very worked up about the draw. Pace is, is probably more important than draw. And um, I'm looking at it here. I, I see a fair bit of pace down low. Um, Flying Pursuit in three, Ice Age in two. Um, Kimberella in one is likely to go forward. And then it spreads out towards the middle. Um, Major Jumbo in nine. Um, Muntadab, 12. And for those that are looking at horses drawn high there, there's a little bit of um, encouragement there from just another bottle is out in 25 and Perfect Pasture likes to go forward as well in 24 and just uh, <laughs> I was watching the draw for this the live draw earlier today I don't know did any of you watch this? I, I did certainly, not watch not. it but I'm sure it was <laughs> riveting viewing I, I watched it right and the way it works is you, your horse is pulled out in the hat and a, a, tra a representative of Connections picks the draw okay and they're moving along nicely, and just another bottle is pulled out, right? Relatively early now, and there's nobody there to represent Declan Carroll. The person who's supposed to be there is not there. There's nobody there, and they have 60 seconds, and nobody appears. So just another bottle's connections have given up the opportunity to pick their draw, and this is a front runner. You know, I'd really like to pick my own draw, especially if I'm out early. And there was nobody there. I just thought this was remarkable. So what they did was they put him at the bottom of the pile and he got the last remaining draw, which was 25 and 25. And I just think this is remarkable. Maybe there was a, a very genuine excuse why there was no one there. Maybe they got stuck in traffic. Maybe something happened. But if there's no excuse, I'd be fuming if I owned that horse. I can't, Absolutely fuming. I cannot understand this. And I, I was there, I did a, an ITV podcast for the, the draw for the... Um, the big handicap at Goodwood. Goodwood. And um, there was a, a connection didn't turn up for that draw as well. And they did the exact same thing. And we, were, we were saying, <laughs> how does this happen? Like how did like, Lucy was, was running the draw and, and she was saying that it's, it's really frustrating for them as well because like you're then left in this situation where you've got 60 seconds for the person to come. If they don't arrive then you've got to, to put the number to one side and, and Rishi kicked on with the draw 
and uh, and move on. But it's like it's it's a huge race. It's a valuable race. Um, you can argue whether or not the draw is important, but surely you want to be there, and you've got plenty of notice. You know all about it. So how can you not turn up? I, I bizarre. Hey, look, he might well go and win, but you've you've essentially given. Uh, up, you know, you, you've you've guaranteed yourself the most, least desirable draw, where you know people's opinion is right or not. You know, I just thought it was a bit mad myself, but and no way, we'll move on, and um, I'll talk about Son of Rest. Yes, so you teed me up for that. So Son of Rest is drawn in seventeen. You were talking about low low draws. Uh, is that putting you off? Um, I I would have rather seven than seventeen. Um, he came out relatively late in the day in the draw and I know his connections would have been would have been more than happy to take something more like seven and seventeen. Um but it is what it is. He's not a horse. You know, he, he he can miss the kick occasionally, but I suspect they'll want him kind of better than mid division. And as mentioned, you know, you have Muntadab in twelve, um you've Major Jumbo in nine, you know, gunmetal potentially could make the run in from fifteen. He made the run in last time, but that was a bit of a change of tactics. So there's there's pace around there. And I, I noted in the, the sprint today there, they all ended up up the middle, um, which, you know, these jockeys are funny. They're herd animals. They could change. That could all be changed by Saturday. Mm. But um, I'm happy enough with his draw. And the case for him is is quite straightforward. Um, he's, a, he's a relatively unexposed four-year-old. And it's been clear with him for a long time that soft ground is very important to him. And if you isolate his record on soft or softer ground, he has a very consistent profile. And some people might look at his form and say, oh, does this horse prefer five rather than six? Um, I would suggest not. Um, I think he's he's only had two runs on six furlongs on soft or heavier ground. Uh, one was his season of reappearance this year, and he shaped like the best horse in the race and just got tired, presumably in need of the run. And this, the other occasion was in a listed race in Navin, which is kind of a 5.8 furlongs, but it's 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 a notably stiff track. So it certainly rides like six or even more. Um, and he was just touched off second in a listed race and arguably a little bit unlucky. Um, he had a bad draw, as it turned out. On... Is that a cat? <laughs> that, that is my, my Tomcat socks. <laughs> Who is absolutely <laughs> knocking it off? And the thing is, hi, hi socks. Gonna go out. This is the first. You, you continue there, Kev, and I'll, I'll let socks out. <laughs> Brilliant. Only on the final farming podcast. What is oh, what is socks out to run? They have socks and he has socks and he has Moscow. Moscow. <laughs> um, right, Jesus, where was I? Yes, um, so unexposed over six on soft ground, basically. He often shapes like when he's running over five that, that he would appreciate it further. And, um, and and I would think this course and distance on the prevailing ground would really suit him. And look, the, the I suppose the whole, what is, whole prospects revolve around here is that he was rated as high as 112. Um, this time last year, he's edged down the weights, you know, despite running well a few times. He's edged down. Um, he was down to 101 prior to the Flying Five uh, last Sunday. Obviously, not a very good Group One in the greater scheme of things, but still, um, not you know, you still had to run to 112 out to win it. And um, he's run a stormer. He's finished half a length second 
doing all his best work in the final furlong on what was good what rode as good ground. You know, by far the best run of this horse's life um, on good or anything approaching good ground. And um, just to, just because people might look at this and look at this horse and say, okay, they ran the group one and they're only, you know, the air gold cup is an afterthought. You know, he's going to go up 10 pounds uh, because of his run in the air, in the flying five. They're just going to run the air gold cup because he's in it and it makes sense. But, um, I was talking to Fozzy Stack prior to the Flying Five um, last Sunday, um, and he mentioned that the Air Gold Cup has been the target all along, and that basically they had left him in the Flying Five. Um, they weren't going to run him in it, but then he said to himself, right, I can either work the horse on Saturday, or I can run him in the Flying Five and essentially you know, get, get the final piece of work into him there. Might pick up a little bit of prize money. There's been a little bit of rain sympathetic surface why not and he went and ran that race so not only is the Ergo Cup not an afterthought you know it's very much been the target and it would be considered by his trainer that the run last Sunday will put him spot on for the Ergo Cup and um, he's ra- he's running off 101 you know 11 pounds lower than his career high 10 pounds lower than he will be next week and um, the ground has come right for him <laughs> unexposed and handicaps you know he's generally raised in stakes company and the type of horse he is travels strongly you know a well-run handicap should suit him really well and uh, look he's fav um i know plenty of people got much bigger prices there monday and even on sunday um, just a few of us i if i and look i wouldn't be the type of fella to break stories i generally wouldn't do it i'm not a news guy um, but I just thought it was remarkable that nobody had seemingly asked the question of Fuzzy Stack. Um, by the time the confirmations came in, you know, he was 40 to 1 and 33 to 1 for the Air Gold Cup for, you know, many hours yep. after the Flying Five. And um, I just thought it was nuts that nobody asked them. So I, so I just tweeted it because I thought, geez, it's a bit, a bit ridiculous that nobody's asked the question or, or maybe they've asked the question and not reported it. But. Um, so that's why I tweeted that when I would normally do such a thing. But um, I think he's rock solid. I think anyone, the people that have got the big prices um, have got a great bit of value there. And I think genuinely think he's got a great chance here. Do you like his price of 11 to 2, 9 to 2? Like, do you think he's now too short or is he still backable in your mind? Ah, he's the right price now. You know, he's 5 to 1, ever a good, ever a good price in an air goal cup. Um, <laughs> but, you know, look, he's 10 pounds well in. Um, and I, I fully believe he's capable of running to his new mark. So it just comes down to getting a bit of good luck on the day. Chris Hayes is over for the ride. Excuse me, I, I'd be slightly happier if he was drawing a small bit lower, but I, I don't. It's not stressing me out. Um, and I just be, I'd be interested to see what Rory thinks of him overall because I, I've been looking at him a lot for the last, you know, the bone. Well, you know, four or five days now. Um, and maybe I'm just convincing myself because the because of what's gone on. But I might genuinely think he's got a massive. I think Donegan Irish straight horse has ever won this race. Um, well, if, which any, isn't, uh... if any man knows that, it's going to be Roy Delargy. Uh, obviously, I didn't hear everything you said, as I had to let socks out. It is lashing rain, and yet he insisted on going out. Um, Rory, two questions. Has a, three, actually. Has an Irish horse ever won the Air Gold Cup? What do you think of Son of Rest, and who's your selection? 
Uh, I don't think there's been an Irish trained winner of the Argyll Cup. Not um, um, not in my in my uh, recollection. Is that? Yeah, they said it's only the draw today, so I assume. Yeah, it was. Um, it's only. It's not that long that the Argyll Cup has been such a such a massive race. You know, it's not one of those handicap. You know, it's a it's a proper end of season target now. Yeah. Um, for for the handicappers, whereas a lot of the the traditional handicaps, the Lincoln and the Cambridgeshire and um, the Royal Ascot handicaps, the Victoria Cup, whatever happens to be, those you know they're, they're long established and um, um, they would have been more likely targets. Whereas um, not this, but no, I don't um, I don't uh, recall so. Um, they're prestige uh, handicaps, but the the Gold Cup has very rightly won that reputation now as well. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's been around for an awfully long time. You know, it's it's always been a huge race in Scotland, um, and it's always been a big race um, for for um, uh, British sprint handicappers. But in, in saying that, you know, Irish sprint handicapping hasn't hasn't really been a thing, has it? Well, that's true. For for you know, for a long time, there's you yeah. know, there haven't been that many um, uh, the horses you would consider to be specialist specialist uh, sprint handicappers um, in Ireland, and that has changed in the last um, the last few years, but. Um, yeah, uh, I wish I wish I was prepared for that. I could have dug out the old um, the old books and tried to work it out, but nothing um, nothing in recent in recent memory. Well, corrections um, and omissions can be tweeted to us at Final for Lampard if you are aware of an Irish horse that won this race back in the eighteen hundreds or something. Um, what do you make of Son of Rest, as Kevin was saying, and is he your selection? Are you actually agreeing with Mister Blake? Um, I'd, I've always had Son of Rest down as a. I wouldn't have been that keen to back him if, if it was going to be good ground again. For all for all he's well in, I'd, I'd have thought, yeah, his claims are obvious and he's been punted accordingly. But he's always he's always been um, in my mind a horse only to back on softer, heavy ground. So given given the conditions have come right in his favour, um, and that effort, the Flying Five is, you know, I don't I don't think it's necessarily particularly strong form. Um, that. In fairness, I think it's pretty. I think it's pretty poor form uh, for a Group One, but we knew that before the race started. Oh, but it was in. Good, it was in. But it was in good ground. Mm. Uh, it's a very solid run from him, um, and he's going to be a better horse on on heavy. So if he's if he's capable of running ten pounds above his mark um, in those conditions, then he has to be a massive player. And you look at this race. You know, sometimes you look at the Air Gold Cup, and you've got a, you've got potential future Group One winners in there. There aren't many. Not many of those this time around. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think he has to be a pretty solid favourite, uh, and I wouldn't worry too much about his draw. If you think you've got, if think if you think you've got ten pounds in hand in a race like the Air Gold Cup, there's always a worry that something on either rail skips away and you never get to see them and you don't engage in battle. But I think you'd rather be drawn in the middle if you had tons in hand, than, you know, be drawn on the wrong side. I don't. I'm not a big fan of the you can go either way. Basically, you go up the middle. And and you hope you know that with a with a fairly clear passage you're good enough to beat those on either side anyway. So that wouldn't be a massive concern for me. It's not going to be my selection in the race, but I, I certainly wouldn't put you off. I just don't want to be tipping up you know nine to two shots for a race like this um, at this stage. I, I, there is a chance he will drift though. Oh yeah, you know because this, this was this was a phase of action, and not that many people have really caught that. It's not really a public gamble. You know, it's kind of a it's a bookmaker's running for cover type affair. Because of Kevin um, Blake. Yeah. Because Blake moves So markets. on the day, people people will look for reasons to want to oppose the horse. And you look at his overall record and you look at the nature of the Argyle Cup and you think, I'm going to take a chance here. You could get six or seven to one on the day. Yeah. 
and that'll be you know that'll be perfectly reasonable um and i would not put you off it in the slightest um i see um do you know um sebastian woods at all kevin i'm not personally no no he's he's wendell woods son isn't he the, the famous I Woods know. I don't know. Is, is the Wendell, Dwayne and Sean and Wendell Woods are all brothers, and Wendell was a was a, a decent jockey here. He went off, he went off and, and plied his trade in, in Hong Kong. Um, but I think he's, he's back here. I think they're all in bloodstock as well to some degree. But uh, Wendell won this race. Sebastian, tweet us at Final Furlong Pod. Hit us up. Tell us who your dad is. I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure. I'm 99.5% I'm, I'm sure that he's Wendell's, he's Wendell's son. And Wendell won this race. Uh, many moons ago on a horse called Camps Heath back in 1985. So that'd be a nice little story mm, nice. if it comes in there. So you can nice. uh, you can dig that one out for the occasion. Um, I am going to go though for um, I'm going to go for what I think is a, as a solid each way bet in the race. And there are two angles for it. One is just the horse has got absolutely loads of top-notch sprint handicap form um, and a very good record on the ground. And the other one is the jockey. The horse in question is Ice Age. Um, he ran at the Curra um, the other day as well. He was beaten just under two lengths in a race he'd won the previous year on, in the Bold Lad handicap. Uh, he only finished seventh, but he's on the wrong side of the track. He, I think, he was second in in, um, in his group, but he was beaten, you know, um, less than two lengths overall in a, in a 26 runner race off a mark of 105. If you go through his record, he's, he's got a decent record and good ground. He's got a very, very good record. Um, off lower marks, it has to be said, but he's progressed over time um, on soft and heavy ground. Um, and he's a very, very, very straightforward horse, very genuine, just as tough as old boots. Um, and I think the biggest plus in his favour is Scott McCulloch, who no one in the world had heard of about three months ago. Um, and he, he still hasn't ridden that many winners. But he's been a big hit. He rode a winner at Glorious Goodwood. Um, he's had 11 winners from 68 rides this season. He rides for Mick Shannon. Um, and he is definitely a seven-pound claimer to keep on side. And it's very interesting that Eve Johnson-Houghton clearly wanted to snap up his services because, uh, you know, Ice Age is so straightforward that it doesn't really matter who rides him. You just point him in the right direction and he just runs his heart out. So getting seven pounds off his mice rated 105. And that's the only bar to him winning races at the moment is, you know, he just kept going up the weights. But running effectively off a mark of 98. Um, and from stall two, which, again, could be historically, looking at the Air Gold Cup, you know, the, the draw bias does move around a bit. But in recent years, um, low to mid has, has been, and Kevin's made this point anyway, looking at, at the track generally on very soft ground, um, low to mid has been beneficial. You know, I don't really want to over-egg that. It's, it looks a decent draw on paper. Clearly, the way the race is run can affect that, and um, the high bar the grinders across the track can. But on paper, it looks decent enough. He's such a solid contender um, that I think he's a. I think he's a really good each way bet. It's, well, I haven't even looked at the prices. I assume he's a decent price. Twenty-five um, to one. Yeah, given he won that race at the Curra last year, and he's been running well all season. He he was sent off at fourteens for that. So. Um, and, and finishing seventh there means he's going to be ignored. I, I, I look through this race a lot, and there aren't, you know, there are a lot of run-of-the-mill handicappers in there. Yeah. Um, and a lot of horses who could bounce back to form on, on soft ground that they haven't had for a while. But Ice Age is very much one of those. He's only a five-year-old as well. I think there's potentially better to come from him. Um, but he does like these big field races. So he's not the kind of horse to, to sneak a, a listed race or a group three. Um, the bigger the field, the better he is. So I think he's... Um, 
I think he's terrific, to be honest. And I think um, uh, the, the seven point that Scott McCullough claims is the um, is the thing that swings me. Yeah, that's... and on the subject of, of father son jockeys, Scott McCullough is of course the son of Niall McCullough, veteran Irish rider that's still riding yeah. winners good old road winners ah. this week. Good man. Well, there there you go. Now that's a good piece of knowledge that you can use on tele uh, on Saturday. Um, Right, I'm loving the not fact... As good, not as good as Rory is, to be fair. No, to be <laughs> fair. But I am loving the fact that Rory is putting up a 25-to-1 shot because you know on Saturday morning there are going to be enhanced places, each-way places. So this is a proper scumbag each-way bet that we can get stuck into. And I will be doing the reverse forecast and the tricast on Son of Rest, Ice Age, and Georgie Bowen I'll see you in Dubai. Uh, that is our <laughs> selections for the... Dubai, you get to, you get to <laughs> Mars for that. <laughs> I'll tell you what. The, 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 Dubai has done a great job. They, they've taken the emphasis off fossil fuels. They've built a great tourism industry. It's going to go to pieces, Kennedy, if people are relying on your multiple bets to get them there. Oh, here it comes. This is it. This is the one that lands. <laughs> This tricast oh. comes up, oh. and away we go. First class to Dubai. Uh, the you can, you can get you can get on board with what's your man's name, e- Elon Musk, and go, go to God. the moon. <laughs> uh, did you hear Elon Musk on Joe Rogan? I actually listened to half of it. He's a quirky fella, isn't he? He's very quirky. <laughs> he's he's going out with a brilliant singer called Grimes, who's got some really good songs. But he was high as a kite. Um, which of course do, 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 you know what, do you know what made me laugh about him the whole time what? <laughs> the way Joe the way Joe would say something that was a bit you know wrong or ridiculous and he'd just go ha 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 <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's how we laugh ha 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 it just it just got me every time not, not awkward at all anyway Joe Rogan world's number one podcast uh, check it out right the silver might, cup might, might try that might try that out see does it work for me <laughs> just, just go ha 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 uh, at, yeah. at, at average times I think that would get very annoying very quickly Kevin the Silver Cup I'm hoping that uh, you boys have managed to crack this we'll start with you Rory what is your thoughts on the consolation race the Silver Cup at air well, don't call it the consolation race when you get the Bronze Cup on Friday True. and who knows when, who knows when the Paper Cup will be run <laughs> oh it <laughs> <laughs> Tick up, Busan. This this could this could become a thing. Tick up, Busan. Give us the winner. Um, but in Rory. short, I shall. Well, of the bronze, you want the bronze cup as well. I'll yep. throw the bronze cup in for 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 good measure if you like. Uh, just give us the silver cup, the bronze cup. Right. It'll, <laughs> most people will be listening. To, you might be listening to this as your breakfast show been, on on your way to I've work. I've been waiting for the I've been waiting for the bronze cup winner for about three months, on the basis that oh. I was hoping that I wouldn't have seen him for three months beforehand as well. So, oh well, you better tell us who there it is. Go. So, uh, and that would be a horse called Adam Zale. All right, is this a Rory Delargy bridal job of bells it, on? He's he's a horse I napped earlier in the year, um, which put me the, at the top of the Racing Post naps table. Oi, oi. Um, he, he won at 20s at Ripon, but he was 33s all day, and then was clipped into 20s at the off. And he won He won first time out 
for um he runs in the colors of soba as well um he won first time out for marjorie five last year at hayrock absolutely bolted up and then he ran dreadfully turned out reasonably quickly um and uh they did the same thing i said i didn't say to marjorie five because i'm not on speaking terms with marjorie but i said to other people <laughs> what they need what, what they need i'm not i'm not not on speaking terms with marjorie i just don't know her <laughs> I know a man who does, you know, that'd be easy enough. That was a very misleading <laughs> but, comment there, Rory. <laughs> oh, yeah, me and Marjorie, we just don't get on at all. Marjorie's grand. Um, Marjorie's, she's not just eh, grand, Marjorie's grand. Um, grand. And I, I did, grand. I suggest, I suggested to other people that if, if he was my horse, he'd run, he'd run once a season, he'd run once in the spring, and then he'd have the whole season off and come back and run again in the autumn once. And that'd be the, that'd be the lot. Because that's all he can do. He runs brilliantly first time out. Um, looks to be, you know, doing it within himself and ready for loads more racing. And then he disappoints straight away. So he won at Ripon. He disappointed then next time. And he's been off since 130-odd days. And comes back on Friday for the for the Bronze Cup. And hopefully, bolts up. And that is... Loves the heavy. To confirm, that's Adam's Ale. Adam's Ale. All right. 20 to oh. 1. Six places. In the silver colours. From the silver family. Did Silver win the Chesham? Is that am I thinking? Of no, 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 no. Silver, Silver won the uh, won the Stewards Cup. Well, I'm um, thinking of Seba. I'm thinking of Seba. Oh yeah, yeah. no, no. Silver, yeah. Silver was this rides to riches filly. She was she was absolutely useless as a two year old. She ran loads of times and never managed to to get near a place. And then as a three year old, she started winning. She won she won something very very ordinary at Hamilton, I think, um, to to kick off. And then she just kept winning races. Um, Dandy Nichols used to ride her for David Chapman. Uh, and David Chapman's sister, um, Muriel, owned her, and she owns Adam's Ale as well. Well, hopefully you are listening to this podcast either Thursday night or Friday morning on your commute to work, on your way into college, on the school run, whatever it is you're doing. Uh, maybe you're doing your washing. I had to do a bundle of it earlier on today. So whatever it is you're doing, hopefully you're, you're getting on at 20s with some bookmakers paying six places and making lots and lots of gravy. Silver Cup. Give us the winner of that. Silver award. Cup. We're looking for the treble here, aren't we? Yes. That's, that's, that's your Dubai job, isn't it? Never Ron, mind the silver and gold. Um, shared equity is where I'm going in the Silver Cup. Again, really tough race. Um, but shared equity, a horse who stays... Uh, a little bit further, but is effective at this trip. Shows a lot of his best form in soft grind. He was a winner um, at the Derby meet. I'm trying to work out if it was actually Derby day. He won a seven furlong handicap on soft grind. That's, it would have been Oaks day, wouldn't it? Um, he won there. Hasn't had his grind since. Has a very good record in big fields and soft grind. Um, trained by Jed O'Keefe, of course. Um, again, he's reasonably well drawn on paper in stall six. Uh, and in a tough race, I thought... You know, you can make a case for a lot of horses in here. I'm looking forward to Kevin putting up Marek. Um, but um, uh, I thought I thought he would go well. I'd be annoyed if, if Alkawa wins because I tipped him up at the weekend uh, at the Curra where he was a place in front of Ice Age in sixth. Um, and again, I thought I thought he was well drawn that day. It turned out he wasn't. Uh, he's an interesting one as well from stall four. He's probably going to be a slightly, sh slightly shorter price. Um, uh, there's an interesting... Uh, um, it probably won't happen now, but um, the horse drawn stall one, Oil de Tigre, Oil de Tigre, um, he has a habit of going all the way across the track. He did it at Goodwood 
two starts ago. He's got a really good record at Goodwood, but he ran in the race there when he was drawn on the on the outside of the field um, at Goodwood at the tail end of August, and he's he's drifted all the way across to the to the far side rail in a six furlong sprint at Goodwood. Not a big field either, um, and it could be interesting if he gets out towards the head of affairs, which is a little bit unlikely, I think, um, and then drifts across the track from stall one. Because once he starts drifting, there's no stopping him. Um, it may well be that that he's um, that he's isn't as good at air. It may well be that he's he's midfield and he does it. Um, but there's a vague possibility of him carrying sections of the field across the track, which which would um, make for an interesting finish. And a holiday for Poppy Bridgewater. Well, it's not Poppy's fault, is it? I no, mean, it's well, not. Let's, let's let's not be harsh on Poppy before no, the no, event. No, no, happens. no, no, no. That's the problem. Um, is that the horse will just be out of control. Yeah, Sophie Ralston uh, rode him at, at Goodwood, and there was no. I mean, she's she's obviously a fairly inexperienced rider, Sophie, but she's she's got a really good tune out of uh, out of this horse this season. But she could not um, steer him straight at Goodwood, and uh, you know, it would have been a hard job for anyone else to do the same thing. Okay, Kev, who's your selection for the Silver Cup? Um, I'm agreeing with Rory <laughs> shared Eckwood, who was the one I landed on. Excellent. Um, because uh, I, I think I see little bits and pieces of pace other than him, but it's mostly drawn way away from him at the other side. And um, the conditions are important. He stays a little bit further than this. Um, he's just two pounds higher than he was than he when he than he was when he won at Epsom. And um, and yeah, like I, I was struggling to get up loads of enthusiasm for much of the rest, to be honest. And um, and he jumped out. He's been as high as 105 there, you know, two and a bit years ago. Um, ground no problem so yeah he did for me but I have to give a mention as Rory uh, correctly anticipated to the great Marek uh, because 11, he'll run well here 11 you know. years of age he'll run well here um, to be fair to him again he's an absolute model arc has always been one of three labbe back in back in 19 dickety do it seems at this stage but it wasn't that long ago <laughs> Um, what year was it? 2013. It wasn't that long ago. Fabulous it, was less, it was definitely less than 10 years ago. Yeah, I just because I don't. It, I can tell you that no yearling has ever won the by so <laughs> that narrows it down. Well, he, he he's been brilliant, and look, he's edged down the weights. He edged down the weights a good bit last season, and he managed to show that you know there's still plenty of ability there. And when he got down, he he won off 98 last October when he got his heavy ground at Navin. And he's just one of those. He'll be off the bridle pretty much from the get-go. And he'll power home. And as long as there's you know open running in front of him, which there often isn't, um, he'll keep galloping away to the line. Um, and I, I wouldn't be shocked um, if Ivana McCutcheon brought him back from his summer break just with, with this race in mind. Uh, give him two runs, need the run first day, run better the next day. And hopefully peak for air because you know to be fair the air goal cup and and the average of probabilities you're going to get some sort of an ease in the ground and there's always a chance it could be good and testing like it will be on Saturday. Mm. Um, so yeah, look, he's he's in here off 93. He's come down a few pounds since the weights came out, but that's fine. You know, 93 is a is an attractive mark for him. He was 115 once upon a time. And uh, I could just see him running well. Like he'd be one of those. I'm sure he's, he's he'll be a big enough price, but he'll be a million to one in running. And um, you could just see him power home and maybe just hit the frame, something like that. Well, intriguingly, there are a couple of bookmakers who have taken the markets down for some reason. But with those who still have it priced up, and a number of major bookmakers do still have the market priced up, he is a best-priced 
20 to 1. And okay. both Kevin yeah. Blake and Rory Delargy are in agreement. Shared equity. Is so it shared equity or Mar- oh, shared Shared yeah, Marek equity. Marek could be bigger than that. Oh, Marek is any price you want, Kev. Uh, for all that Marek is. He? is Marek is 40. All, yeah. 40 to yeah. 1. Yeah. Uh, I think the reason very few bookmakers have priced this hilariously is that the, there isn't an exchange market for it yet. Oh my god! I think that's I think that's the the reason. So literally, we've got a full array of bookmakers here on our odds comparison sites, and on the one I'm looking at, there's only two bookmakers with prices up. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Absolutely. Odds compilers. Like it, and and it's it, it was once a great game, and I'm. Um, Actually, James Knight's gone off Twitter now, hasn't he? He quit it. Yeah, no, he's, he's back. He's hey, back. man, James. Um, <laughs> so I, I'm sure James will, will rush to the defense of odds compilers. But um, there are a number... And he'd, be, he'd be better off not, really, wouldn't he? He, he would be. <laughs> there's more, uh, James, uh, James would argue there's an awful lot more to the game than odds compiling. But, but James, um, James but, is uh, very good at that. But you know there are a number of people who aren't. And uh, it's, it's a shame because it's a lost art form. And you know the whole thing is... Oz against the bookmakers and um, we're going to do uh, a betting special again very soon and, and we'll talk about the future of bookmaking and uh, betting exchanges and, and the American, the gold rush in America as well uh, with some special guests. So that, that'll make for an interesting podcast, I hope. And um, we'll, we'll do that in a, about a month or so uh, or maybe sooner. Maybe we'll do it tomorrow. Who knows? Uh, that is our selection. So for the Silver Cup, we'll move on to the 315. Before, before we move on. Yeah. Before we move on. Because I have talked about, about um, this is very niche. It has to be said. I have talked about the colors of, of Adam's Eel. There's a, there's a set of silks in this race that need to be mentioned as well. One of the favorites, Quick Look. Runs in the colours made famous by a horse called Cybrandian, who was second in a gold cup behind the Thinker 30 odd years ago. There Proper is, character, Cybrandian. There is a bit of knowledge. There is a bit of. Nice. R- Rory Delargy will be once again contributing to the Final Furlong Podcast Christmas quiz. And that will be the That's section. That, that question is in it. And that will be the section that will be virtually impossible. Um, but. We shall see if you'll be able to get those right. Uh, right, the 3.15 is live on ITV4 uh, from Air. Queen of Bermuda heads the betting. Glass Slippers not far behind, 6-1 to one and 7-1. to one. Uh, Shamuki, 7-1 to one as well. And Firelight, 8-1 to one alongside Queen Jojo, the same price. Uh, Rory, what's your thoughts on the I'm, 3.15? I'm glad you come to me first because I haven't a clue and I could care less. <laughs> Fantastic, Kevin I'm, Blake. I'm, it's one of those I could I could happily look at the first of Clyde Stakes all day and still be none the wiser, and I've decided not to bother. I like your I like your attitude, but Kevin, you've spent all day studying for ITV, so who wins? <laughs> um, I'll give a mention to two. First one and first preference probably is Queen Jojo, Kevin Ryan. Um, was third in the louder last time. I'm um, only her third start. Behind the mighty Fairyland. Yes, probably not the best louder we've ever seen. But I just thought she was a bit raw. And, you know, she, she I think she'll have learned a lot from that. And I would expect her to come forward. And um, she's unraced on ground softer than, than good to firm. Um, so that would obviously raise a big concern about the ground. But looking at her movement, I'd give her a sporting chance of handling it. Her sire, um, so, was, her sire was the mudlark, wasn't he? Gregorian. 
Yeah, and she just bends her knee enough now to encourage me that, that she should be okay. So she's the first preference. And second preference is um, a slightly sneakier one, um, I think is glass slippers. Um, she's won her last two. She won a Beverly. She won a Chester. She was impressive last time I thought of Chester. She overcame trouble. Um, and again, she's on race on ground softer than good, but I'd be adamant that it would suit her looking at the way she moves. I'd be willing to bet that she, they would very much suit her. Um, so she'd be a potential improver on the surface. And, uh, and those would be my, my two. And I, mean, I sped through that, Kennedy, because I have something I want to play here. I don't know what it is, but, <laughs> Connor, but Connor Hicks on Twitter, at Chickstop, has just tweeted us some sort of a sound file. And it says, okay. ne- next, and he says, next step is to change it to audio and it can be Kevin's new intro. And I have no idea what this is. I have my volume turned up to the max and I'm going to play it. It's 16 seconds long. Here we go. Hold on. That he was having at him. He said, Sherrod Noonan was picked on in the gallops of Manny Doyle. <laughs> Unbelievable stuff. <laughs> oh, yes, we, we did. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we did have someone tweeting today that was exceptionally tickled by, by that That's right. reference to, to, to Rixie's exploits on the Ballydale Gallops in a stone picking day. So es- <laughs> essentially, I, I now have to take that, mash it up, and turn it into the new intro for Rixie, um, <laughs> who was only picking stones after Gallops back in the day. Uh, thank you very much for sending that in. Much appreciated. I I appreciate that almost as much as the the time I did the Cheltenham preview at Sandown and um somebody managed to take uh me doing an impression of Nicky Henderson going ah, 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 and played that over no me way. sitting beside Nicky. <laughs> So um, I've I've given oh, my brilliant. view in a race, and then Ollie Bell says, "And Nikki, what do you think?" Well, I mean, uh, I mean, the old boy. I mean, if we if we beat him tent again, it has been it has been awful. Uh, it was pretty damn good. In fairness, the two o'clock at air, uh, the William Hill supporting the fight against Parkinson's handicap, which deserves full mention because it's an awful disease, and well done to them for supporting it. Uh, Day King for Saeed Ben Saroor, who is back in form, and Hector Crouch, 9 to 2. Uh, Borodin for Richard Fahey and Paul Hannigan is the same price. Border Force, 8 to 1. Dolphin Vista, 8 to 1. Roy Delarkey, do you have a view on this? Where are we now? What? Two, 2 o'clock in there. <laughs> 2 o'clock in there. I do, but it's. Um, I've got a. Um, I've got an old favourite in here um, who doesn't see the, the race course very often. Um, and still has a lot of ability. Oh. Uh, difficult to know. Um, difficult to know how ready he's going to be for the race. But that was that was um, something you would have mentioned um, when he appeared last October after a break oh. of, of um, two and a half years. But Chate, a horse who um, who once broke my heart. He won a, he won a um, big handicap at Haydock as a three year old when there was an absolutely monstrous scoop six rollover. And this was in the days when the Irish fields um, had a lot of respect for my tipping ability, and asked me to and <laughs> asked me to run a, run a syndicate. Um, and we got we got through to the last leg, and everyone left me and they said, "Just do whatever you like. We're not going to. No one's going to give any selections to you or say you should do this or that." And the only the only advice I was given was, "Make sure you put the favourite in the last leg, so that." 
you know people who who are so inclined can can lay it and get their uh, get their stake back. So I chucked Chate out and put the put the William Haggis train favourite in instead. And no. Chate beat our selection into seconds. Oh, Rory. Oh. I like the way oh. you um, you did yourself down as well before we uh, we got stuck into this race by, by saying back in the days when I was respected for tipping. Yeah, you, you still I don't are. think that asked, I don't think they'd asked me to do it now though. It was incredibly stressful. We did it for two weeks. Oh. We ended up making um uh, there was quite a lot of money. It was a, a lot more money than I thought there was going to be when I was asked in the first place. Oh, it's a few people, you know, a couple of hundred quid. And it turned out to be, you know, more like a five-figure sum. Wow. A, a, significant, a significant five-figure sum. Um, and we ended, we got some multiple places the first week and got uh, made a small profit out of the place fund. And then we did the same second time around. We ended up making a small profit with the, um, with the rake on that. But it would have been something else if we if we'd uh, nailed the winner. Oh, but that's life. And um, ironically enough, in this contest, um, Chate was my nap when he ran at Leicester at a big price uh, last October when I was desperate for a big price winner for the naps table again. And he gets shinned later on, having gone off at uh, 20 to 1 by a horse called Fire Brigade, who's below him in the handicap here. And I napped Fire Brigade last week. So I think we know what happens here. <laughs> Chate <laughs> comes out. Comes and beats Chate again. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, from Michael Bell and Daniel Tudhope. Michael Bell having a, a good run of things as well. Son of Firebreak, who used to bolt up in the Godolphin Mile every single year. Uh, so w- are you going to go with Fire Brigade? No, no, I'm going to go with Chate. I'm, uh, you know, he's, I'm, not, um, uh, I'm not sure I'll be throwing absolute fortunes at this race, but he's, um, you know, he, he's been very delicate. Um, Alan King always thought he was going to be a very good hurdler, but he just he just doesn't stay. Doesn't mm. stay wherever they run. They run about Kempton on good ground, um, and he doesn't get home. Uh, he never has stayed over hurdles, and he's not really been sound enough to, to keep his racing. He pulled up at Huntington um, three and a half years ago, and then his his reappearance um, on the flat. He won the um, um, the Spring Mile at Doncaster. He bolted up in that of a mark of ninety six. Um, and then his next run was was you know two and a half years later at Leicester, uh, and his only run since has been over hurdles again. When clear again, he didn't stay. Yeah. So he must have he must have heavy ground um, because of his legs. Um, and with horses like this, and Alan King's been in the in the game an awful long time. You don't give them a prep uh, and try to get them a bit fitter. You've got to get them as fit as you can and and run them. You might only be able to get one run a year into them, but they have to be fit when they when they turn out. So I don't think he'll be um, he'll be lacking in that regard. The problem is, you know, he's, he's rated that he's actually gone up a pound for getting beaten at Leicester um, last back end. The form's worked out well enough anyway. Um, and if he runs to, to a similar level, he's going to run well. He has to be a big price again though, because he's a seven-year-old who hasn't won since 2015, and he's racing off a mark of 98. He's never been higher in the weights. So I think he has to be a big price, but. I think he could run a big race once again. Best price, 20 to 1. And of course, Kevin yep. Blake will be agreeing with you as he is a gelding by Dandy Man. Oh, yes. The si- great Dandy Man. Sire of sires. Um, for me, from an emotional point of view, uh, as I stupidly let my heart rule my head, I'd be going for Borodin because he is a son of the last crop of the mighty High Chaparral. Um, who was a, a one of the best racehorses uh, to grace the turf and was making himself into a, a top-class stallion as well. 
Um, so this is his last crop of three-year-olds. Um, but Kevin, who would you be interested in here? Um, I'm going to take a little swing on Border Force. Carl by Man of the Moment, Carl yeah. Burke. Yeah. Um, we haven't seen a lot of him in this neck of the woods. He was trained in France. He won four races there. Uh, two of them were on heavy. Two of them were on very soft. Um, he joined Carl and his, his first two runs for him were on good to firm ground. And he, he shaped with it with some promise. But then he switched to ripping, got a bit of a cut in the ground. Had a huge cut, good to soft. Um, think the race went well for him and he duly won. Didn't didn't bolt up or anything, just kind of fell in. And he's gone up two pounds. But my feeling is um, that there could be more progression to come from him. Um, just two pounds higher. The heavy ground will suit him very well, I think. And uh, he's owned by Colin Bryce, who I'm pretty certain is Gina's father. Gina Bryce. Yeah, yeah. he is indeed. Ah. And of course, they um, would be best known in the bloodstock world, the Bryces, for breeding wooden basset. Yes. Mm. Uh, Laundry cottage stud, isn't it? Was, that's the very one. And that's obviously wooden basset, as well as being a super rare horse for Richard Fahey is now a right sire down in France from a you know he wouldn't have been the, the most high profile retiree but he's doing very very well um, so that's Colin Bryce um, and that's Border Force and that'll do for me and Gina did a great job along with Lynchy from the St. Ledger on ATR last Saturday right let's switch cards and go to Newbury 145 again this is live on ITV4 the Dubai duty free handicap Kevin Blake you've got one lined up for this yeah, a quick one here. Um, Global Giant. I am surprised he's uh, as big a price as he is, to be honest. Kind of 12, 14 to 1. I did a form for this before I saw the prices. And I saw the prices and I went, what? what, what? It was quite surprising. Um, progressive horse, trained by Ed Dunlop. Um, he's campaigned them like a horse that he thinks is a group horse. All the way along, he was rated, I think, 88. And he ran him in the, in the Hampton Court which is a kind of a mad thing to do, and you'd only do it unless you really thought um, you were sure he was a group horse to, to spoil his handicap mark like that. And he ran well, finished fifth, um, ran him over a mile five. Next time, yeah, wasn't a good idea, I don't think. Didn't work out. Ran very well at Goodwood. Um, on his next start, over 10 furlongs, good ground. And last time, he put him back into group company. Not the best group three you'd ever see, but he was the next second to fabricate. And this race was an early closer. Um, and that run behind Fabricate came after the weights closed. So he's four pounds well in. Um, and I just thought he's going the right way. Course Nissan should suit. Um, he's likely to be kind of held up mid-div. There looks to be a, a bit of pace here. Adamant's probably going to make the running and there's one or two in there that might keep him honest. And yeah, I just thought he was overpriced. I thought he was overpriced. Yeah, and some odds compilers... Some of them, it seems, do still exist. I obviously agree with you because there's a few going 8 to 1, but uh, 14s is readily available uh, about Global Giant and the 145. Rory, for you, are you in agreement here or are you taking on the Blakester? Oh, I think you know where I'm going here. Uh-oh. And that is um, with the mighty Buzz. Um, who we talked Buzz. about God knows how many times this season. And um, it hasn't happened. The one time he didn't talk about him was he, he ran a midweek meeting at Nottingham in the middle of last month. Um, I, I'm guessing as a last-ditch attempt to get him into the um, 
uh, into the Ebor, which was unlikely to happen even even if he had one, I think. But he clearly didn't stay the, the mile and six trip at Nottingham. Travelled like the best horse in the race, was well-backed, sent off a nine-to-four favourite, cruised into it, hit a brick wall with two furlongs to run. Uh, mile and a half, clearly the limit of his um, of his stamina. Um, and again, we, we have the usual issue with him in that he probably doesn't want um, quick ground. The going in advance at Newbury is good to firm, um, but there's plenty of rain coming. And that will do very nicely, thank you. If the rain arrives and he gets good at soft ground, then um, he's got a big chance in my book. The, you know, the, the handicapper has has nudged him up now to a mark of 93. Um, he was winning off 88 at, at Kempton. But we talked about him since that. Um, and I thought, you know, the mark of 93, which is what he, he was carrying forward anyway, I thought was very workable. He's obviously not been dropped for that run at Nottingham. But for me, it was it was um, a purely non-staying performance. It was still It still suggested he was going the right way. Um, uh, and he's he's very lightly raced in handicaps. I think um, there has to be a big race in him. It may well be the big race that's in him is the November handicap, and Huey's working his way towards that. But but that doesn't mean um, he can't win on Saturday. Doesn't mean yeah, you know, doesn't mean he can't win this. And to be honest, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. So uh, as a, as a great man once said. As, <laughs> <laughs> So um, I, I'd be hoping Buzz would be off for his life. The, the, the presence of Charlie Bennett on board is not going to have anyone falling over themselves uh, to take the prize. But Charlie's ridden, you know, he, he probably rides more horses for Huey Morrison than anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been his, his claimer for, for years now. He's not a particularly high profile jockey. He's not a sexy jockey, but he'll know the horse very well. Um, he's, I don't want to say he's well drawn in stall one. Because um, I, often, I often make the case that stall one is, can be an awkward draw to overcome because everyone assumes it's okay. You end up finding yourself, um, uh, you can't find yourself in an awkward position if you don't do anything proactive. Um, but I'd rather be drawn low than high. And um, he, uh, and again, if they, if they want to come up the middle of the track, that'll be fine for him as well. Uh, gives him a bit of room to operate in him. In, and um, he's, He's definitely got a touch of class above his handicap mark. We've made those points before. Yeah. Uh, and he, he's not going to, if the ground is, is good to firm, he's not going to run. Because we've seen that before. He's been declared twice and, and been a non runner twice in, in very, very high profile handicaps. Because um, Huey does not want to risk him on the ground. But it looks like um, it's certainly shaping up like autumn around here at the moment. I can tell you that. Well, it's lovely. Um, how, how, how long now, the Largy, huh? You know that Newbury's not an all-weather track, do you? Huh? This horse, he's three for three on the all-weather and zero for five on turf. Sure, he's got no chance, no chance. Uh, we talk, when we've had a lot of time, I've talked about his turf runs as well. He's been, big, he's been a big eye-catcher. Um, so I've got no problem with him on turf. He just, he just wants... Like a lot, a lot of horses he want um, dig in the ground. There was this theory early on um, with polytrack that, oh, yeah, if you want really, really fast turf, then the polytrack is the same... Uh, and you speak to trainers now, and they'll tell you just the opposite. Horses who, who don't, you know, who don't want really quick grind, don't want it, or, you know, they're a little jointy or they're heavy tops. They're a lot happier on a polytrack surface because it's got more, it's got more natural um, given it for them. It, it's it's a lot kinder to them. Um, and a lot of horses who want good to soft grind, they're not mud lovers. They just need to have ease underfoot to to do themselves justice. The, yeah, assuming, uh, in order assuming to the surface out. is assuming the surface is redone ever so often and not left yeah, yeah. there for twelve years without being changed. Oh, yes, exactly. Yes. Uh, uh, Kevin, no offense, but I gotta go at Rory and Buzz. 
Um, 20 to 1. This is finally the day. And uh, we will scoop the loot in the 145 at Newbury. You, 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 be, you better get on the plane to, to Newbury, Kennedy, and start spreading old poly track all over the straight there. <laughs> and turn, somebody, if you're listening to the podcast and you're near Newbury, turn on the taps. Turn on the taps now. Uh, in the poly, the poly track tap. <laughs> in the, uh, but by the way, producer D called me uh, yesterday to say that apparently Norville is out and rehabilitated and will be back on the show uh, just oh. in time for the jump season. So prepare yourself for stats attacks left, right and center. Uh, apparently he's uh, he's back on the mend. Um, the 220 is the Dubai duty free Legacy Cup Stakes Group 3, formerly known as the Arc Trial. And it's no longer known as the Arc Trial because... It was absolutely useless as an arc trial. Uh, <laughs> Kevin Blake, Mirage Dancer, Desert Encounter, Young Rascal. Who are you going with? Yeah, dead easy here. Um, Mirage Dancer is the lone pace. He's going to jump out, make all, and win, and defy his penalty. There we go. Job done. Rory, do you agree? I wouldn't disagree. Um, there aren't. I don't know what to make of Young Rascal at the moment. I, I, I put him up for the for the voltage which he swerved. And obviously he missed the ledger, so clearly he's had issues. Um, he looked good early in the season. Um, ha- having watched him gallop, it might not have been the best idea in the world to send him to Epsom, but you know, you've got a horse who looks like it might be a Derby horse, you've got to go there, and it seems to have, have, um, have affected him. But he looked very promising prior to that, winning at, um, winning at uh, Chester when he beat DXB. Yeah, well, that's the problem. He beat, we know, D- he beat that's, DXB. That's very good for what? And, and hunting horn. Ledger fourth DXB. Uh, he's, he's Finnish. And, and Flag of Honor hunt, wasn't hunt, developed at the time. Hunting horn back in time. Hunting horn. Yeah. Fine horse hunting horn. All right, all right, all right. You've measured yeah, yeah. <laughs> Impressive uh, Royal Ascot winner. I, I, I still say DXB Finnish. Uh, also, thank you for all the tweets and uh, interesting comments about my Mark Johnston impression. Somebody sent me a tweet today <laughs> saying they were... Um, they were thinking of tagging Alan Brazil in it because I, I sounded more like him, but they decided against it. But uh, yeah, that, that impression <laughs> may very well see the light of day again, or maybe not. We shall have to wait. Alan Brazil's got a, got a very good sense of humor. I'm sure that he would love that. Yeah, I'm not sure if Mark, though, will uh, <laughs> appreciate me. Mark. I did like the fact, though, that at the races specifically tweeted in their promo for the final Fulham podcast, Worth listening for Emmett Kennedy's impressions alone. So thank you, Team ATR. Uh, that is the 220 at Newbury taken care of. Uh, the 255 is the Mill Reef Stakes. Sergei Perkofiev was entered for this race. Uh, I got, any excuse. Any excuse. Uh, I got a rollicking from one of the owners of Marie's Diamond for saying, and I said this. I have to say that I was doing an interview on course with Rishi and Rishi asked me live over the tannoy. They, tur- they turned down 480,000 pounds for this horse. Surely that's madness. And I said, well, maybe not. I mean, the horse is improving and they can probably do well with them and then sell them to Hong Kong for an even bigger price. To which Rishi raised his eyebrow and went, no, 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 you're... You're absolutely mad. Who is ringing me at this hour of the night while I'm recording a podcast? Stop doing that. Um, 
And uh, I made that comment on Twitter that, oh, God, the guys should have taken that price. And the one of the owners had a pop at me straight away. So, um, hello, owner. Uh, you're now 7-1 to one <laughs> for this race, having turned down 480,000. Uh, so shine so bright. See, they, 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 they wouldn't necessarily have turned it down. It could have been a reserve. Like, well, like he, he's down as he was down as um, not sold for six hundred and seventy-five. So I assume they had wait, a wait, 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 wait. What six seventy-five? It was. Uh, yeah, but he's down as yeah. not sold. So what, what would have happened there? Almost certainly, is the reserve was seven hundred, and there mightn't have been a single bidder. You know, you don't know if there if there's nobody bidding, the auctioneer will create imaginary bids to bring no. it up to just below the reserve. <laughs> I was reading. That's the, that's, the, that's the way it works. Oh I was reading God. a very interesting. I was reading a very interesting historical case of this, um, where the owner is is um, is uh, no longer liable to take uh, legal action. But um, <laughs> uh, Terry Ramsden, who um, who bought Katie's, who won the Irish Thousand Guineas, and did she win the Coronation Stakes as well at Royal Ascot? Um, he, this was in the mid eighties. Uh, and he um, wanted wanted to sell her um, at Goffs, I think, and put a reserve of, of three million on her, which for a you know for an unfashionably bred broodmare was unlikely um, to uh, to be successful at that stage. But she did; she was let out unsold at two point nine five million. So you know, <laughs> but no yeah. one bid for her. Yeah, so everyone everyone who was interested just went ah, forget it. You brought us over for this. Somebody, um, because they... but somebody did bid just under. <laughs> yeah, right. No, but that's uh, the thing. That's what no, they that, do. Every, every, that's not. There's nothing. Yeah. There's nothing not a wink about that. Like that's no, no, no. That's, 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 with that's how it works. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. This is something uh, that we, we've been promising a bloodstock podcast, and we are going to do it. Um, I have a guest in mind, and uh, I need to to see if he's up for doing it. But um, that these it, are it's a he. That yes, it is. Uh, don't worry, <laughs> Vanessa will be here as well. But that's something that uh, we'll definitely touch on in, in that particular show. Right. The Irish Rover is in here for Ryan Moore and Aidan O'Brien. Uh, the No Name Ever Colt. Is he now exposed, Kevin, after running that, that huge race at Doncaster uh, just uh, a few days ago, nine days ago by the time the race comes up? Uh, or does he have a genuine chance here? Or is this a race where Maurice Diamond can bounce back? A genuine chance for sure. Um, shape well at Doncaster. Showed a, a good turn of foot to get to the front in the first time blinkers and just didn't quite last home. Um, Marie's Diamond could have the pace to himself here, which would certainly be a help to him. He's a lovely horse. He oh, tries, yeah. oh, he tries he hard. He's consistent. Yeah. Um, last time was obviously disappointing, but over in the pre-morning, but we, we'd, we'd hope he'd bounce back from that. Um, struggled to have a strong view in this. Kessar would be the one of, of the market leaders. That would make the most appeal. Improved at Kempton last time. I'm hoping he can transfer that onto the turf here. And um, if you wanted one at a slightly bigger price, um, I was impressed with Garris last time, if, we, if I'm pronouncing that right. Um, has loads to find in the form book. You know, he bolted up last time. The, the second came out and was well beaten off 71 in, in a nursery next time. So, you know, you're dealing with pretty average form. But I just like the way he goes. He's a typical acclamation. Um, lovely way of going. Um, looks a talented horse, needs to step up a fair chunk here, but it wouldn't shock me if he did. 130,000 euro purchase as well. Uh, Rory, your view on the 255, the Mill Reef Stakes? Yeah, I don't think I'd have an event in the Mill Reef. Um, I would, though, uh, um, echo um, Kevin's thoughts on Kessar. Uh, um, 
Uh, his uh, penultimate run at Ripon was forgivable. He was stuck on the outside of the field. I wasn't sure where I stood with him. I, I, was, I, I thought that um, I thought he had plenty to do going into the, the Serenia Stakes last time out, but he was very impressive. That was a big, big step up. It may just be that he was suited by Kempton. He certainly wasn't suited by Ripon. Ripon's a track that doesn't suit a lot of horses. Mm, yeah. And you know, and if you if you get off on the wrong foot at Ripon, it's a terrible track. Um, you're always if you're on the outside of a small field, you've got the the ridges all the way down, but you've also got the horses kind of edging towards you in the in the latter stages as well, uh, which can be off-putting for other horses. So certainly, if you give him that, and his his record looks a lot better um, if you take that out of it. Um, but as you said, you know, aside from the, the Kempton win, which is very impressive, he's just got that um, uh, that novice at Windsor to his name. But he did that in a decent time as well. So that gives hope that he's going to be fully effective on turf. So that's where I would go race-wise. All right. The final race that we're going to talk about is the 3030 at Newbury. It's uh, over five furlongs, the Dubai International Airport World Trophy Group 3 stakes. Equilateral is currently favourite and uh, seeing as he won last time out, this is his opportunity to go and bounce to the moon again. Sioux Nation is 6-1. to one. Give it up. Uh, judicial El Astronaute hit the bid and the lovable take cover at 17 years of age with Fran Berry on board <laughs> is 8-1. to one. Rory lead the way. Can take cover. Leave not a dry eye in the house. It'd be nice to see, wouldn't it? Um, he ran, he ran very well in the Flying Five. Given I don't think the Curra would be would be the ideal track for him. Um, he's um, he's a win- he won this race last year. He was better than ever winning this race last year at ten. Um, the track's not a problem for him. This is not an especially strong contest, um, all things considered. So I wouldn't I wouldn't be backing him. But you know, it's one of those races where if you didn't have a bet, you'd be cheering him on, wouldn't you? Um, and he's you know. He's been close to his best um, this season. Uh, and he does handle soft ground if the rain comes. So you wouldn't, um, you certainly wouldn't rule him out. I don't know what, I have no idea what to make of Equilateral these days. Um, that was a bit of an, an egg and uh, spoon race he won last time out. And yeah. um, on, on the big occasion, he tends to flop. What do what you call Newbury on Saturday a big occasion when... Um, um, it's it's sort of playing second fiddle in the day. I don't know. I don't, don't know what kind of crowd they're going to get, but he could bounce back, or he could, as you said, you know, run one of his stinkers, and he's he's more likely to do that on um, uh, on his form today. And, and and he's also thrown in a stinker here at Newbury in the past, so I wouldn't be queuing up to back him at any kind of short price. But nothing really jumps out. This is a race in, in the past where you know I thought Mecca's Angel was the biggest certainty to look through a bridle. Um, when she won this in 2014, you could have got two to one and bigger about her um, before she uh, before she won that. And of course, Mare won it in 2013. Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah, I'm not. Again, I don't think I'll be. Um, I don't think I'll be spending too much money on the race. Um, but I give Take Cover a little bit of a cheer. Okay, I would love to see Take Cover win this. But Kevin, is this finally the race that Sioux Nation wins, or have you given up on him as well? Well, in, in terms of how the race is going to pan out and in terms of take covers prospects, um, he's got Mrs. Gallagher to the left of him, El, Astro- El Astronate to the right, pace collapse. Do, 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 do. <laughs> See what I did there? Brilliant. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, poor old, poor old take covers got um, opposing pace uh, either side of him. 
and I suspect that they'll go fairly rapido here from the low gates. And um, Sioux Nation's drawn perfectly to track them. Look, he's getting better and better with, with each of his starts over five, to be fair, too. And maybe that's just a coincidental pattern to his form. But he ran well in the flying five. And um, he, he may come on from that again. You'd think that the faster surface would suit him. Um, I, wouldn't like to, I wouldn't like to rule him out. Um, I would also give Hit the Bid a bit of a chance. He seems to, he took a step forward from his comeback from a little break at Tipperary when he was fourth in the flying five. Um, he's a slightly bigger price than I thought he'd be, but a little bit like Rory now, I'm just struggling to have um, a bullish view in this. But I would say equilateral. I think the drop to five is the key there. Um, I thought he shaped well for a long way in the Commonwealth Cup, and he was just too free. Um, over this course and distance on his penultimate start, dropped a five. Obviously, nothing race last time, but I just I love this horse's mechanics. I just think he goes like a, he goes like a proper horse. Really like him, and I think a rock and roll five furlongs like this. I'd rather he was drawn a bit closer to that pace, but um, he'll sit him behind that hopefully, and we'll, we'll see him perform do what I think he can do. I think he's a very good horse. Um, but you know the type of price he is now. I don't think there's much juice in in paying to find out. But I'd be hopeful he'd go and do it. Yeah, he was a big drifter at Newbury um, on his the last time he was here. You know he was priced up as um well. Yeah, I remember doing this and and you were saying oh you couldn't back him as as favourite at seven to four or two to one. And sure he was a you know very weak five to one shot in the end. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, that's true. Um, he's just a horse you can't trust. I mean, it's just as simple as that, really. At least he can trust him at five, Kennedy. That's what he wants. Rock and roll five furlongs. He'll be as reliable as a day is long. I don't know. I don't know. All right. What is your best bet for the racing Ooh. on Saturday? Once again, Kevin Blake caught out by the most obvious question that I'm going to ask. <laughs> so, Kevin, what do you think? Your best bet. As he flicks wildly through a mass of paper in front of him. Um, best bet. We should just stop asking this question, shouldn't we? Yeah. You should write them down on a piece of paper when we're talking. You know, we've got you we've got you strapped up to this lie detector and it's peaks. <laughs> it's peaks here and here. That's your best bet of the weekend. Um Ah, if you like him, a short mirage dancer would go and win. But ah, we'll put up Son of Rest. In for a penny, in for a pound. Oh, good man. The man who broke the news and launched a massive gamble is napping him. <laughs> and you caused a huge, huge I, I'm gamble. Not, I'm, not a new, I'm not a news reporter. <laughs> I never tweet stuff like that. <laughs> but, uh, but you did... my, it was out to go to my heart. <laughs> but like that tweet generated so much activity. It was it was huge. I just I just I just couldn't believe no one had asked the question. Well, I, I, really I suspect anyway. I suspect some were trying to keep that information to their to themselves, but not Kevin Blake, honourable and ethical. Uh, Rory, your best bet of the weekend. <laughs> well, I, I could I could spoil the fun um, for your multiple bets by putting up um, Ice Age. Reverse forecast. But instead, instead, I will put up Buzz. TMB. The mighty Buzz. I thought you were going to say that. I thought you were. Yeah. And Buzz is a best-priced 20-1 to 1 right now. That is your look at the racing for Saturday. 
Uh, all race cards are available on attheraces.com, including at the races advice and time form analysis. Uh, there is some excellent sectional info, which has been put up there now as well. And of course, top tipping from Hugh Taylor, Gary O'Brien, Simon Rollins, and all the team. And uh, there's a guy called Kevin Blake who writes for them as well. Uh, he's quite good every now and again he's got some interesting things to say so you can check out his articles there too and uh, there's another ha, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> and on that bombshell we're done uh, Rory Daragi thanks so much for joining us again hopefully we'll chat to you again next week thank you and goodbye and better than hello Kevin Blake best of luck on ITV my friend we will see you on Monday Good luck. Thank you for all the kind words on social media. We're back with a brand new podcast for At The Races on Monday. Enjoy your weekend. Thanks for listening. We'll see you then. God bless. The final Furlong podcast is sponsored by Unibet. Sign up now using code ATR-30 to get your welcome offer. BeGambleAware.org. 18 plus. Have you downloaded the free At The Races app yet? With easy-to-use race cards and form, Expert daily tips, plus video replays and in-app betting is the app that no racing fan's phone should be without. Available for free on your iPhone or Android mobile, visit attheraces.com forward slash app for more details.